0: If someone was to tell you that they believe the Bible is the word of God, that God is triune, and that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, you would assume that this person is a brother or sister in Christ. But when they begin to add to the gospel things that are not found anywhere in the gospels, then we need to make sure that those speculations are brought captive to the obedience of Christ. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to The Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing how we can share the gospel with our Catholic friends. And to discuss this very topic, very important topic, is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
1: Praise God, Chad. Uh, Man, folks, I hope you realize that we have a huge mission field of millions of people who, and you'll see as we go through this program, uh, name the name of Christ, but haven't actually been born again because they're believing in a different gospel. And we can reach them with the gospel very easily. In fact, I feel like Catholics are some of the most easy people when I street witness and just witness to people in general to bring to Christ because a lot of them already revere God in a certain way but they don't realize they've been bamboozled and that actually you'd be killed for many years or your Bible would be burnt if you had a Bible in Roman Catholicism and we, we call it the dark ages for more than one reason, right? And the Catholic church wanted to keep people in the dark because God's word was just so clearly shine a bright light on their false doctrines, refuting it. So it's a matter of getting into the scripture. So I'm glad we're covering this subject because uh, I know, you know, I, I grew up as a little kid going to catechism and so forth. And then my parents and I stopped, they stopped going to Catholic Church when I was like sixth or seventh grade, I think fifth or sixth grade or so. And I, you know, I became a heathen totally. I was never born again, didn't know who Jesus was, really didn't understand the gospel, and neither did my parents, evidently. Thankfully, I came to Christ later, and they came to Christ and they understood the gospel. My whole family got born again, far different than how they were as so-called Roman Catholics. And there's a, and there's millions and millions, Chad, millions and millions of Christians who've come out of Roman Catholicism. And we pray that if you're trapped in Roman Catholicism or you just have four godly, like you just click this, you'll listen because God wants you to know Him, He wants you to have a relationship with Him.
0: Yeah, and in all honesty, we're seeing a a renaissance, so to speak, for the Catholics. Yeah. I and mean, you really are seeing a lot of people going and moving towards the Catholic religion. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of money has been pumped into podcasts and yeah. so forth. Whether it's Father Smiths or uh, or otherwise, you guys got you got guys like Trent Horn and you got. Um, you know, guys like Scott Hahn and and these guys, Jerry Matics, whoever yeah. it may be, the, these Catholic, Catholic apologists. apologists, you know, becoming more and more popularized. And then you also have on the other side of the spectrum, too, uh, on what would be the conservative talk show radio hosts and so forth, guys like the Michael Knowles and the Matt Walshes and so yeah. forth. And they may speak really well on certain topics, but the truth is, is they're lost in terms of the gospel. And there is a reason why they only have so much of the truth to share. And there is a reason why it stops. And when you hear them talk about anything that actually has to do with spiritual ramifications, they are amiss. because I'm sorry, it's just true. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not born again, they're not saved. They don't know the Lord and it breaks my heart. And so many people have followed different philosophies and that's so right. forth that have led them away from the truth of God's word. And it is just absolutely heartbreaking. But Joe, I would say it lines up perfectly with scripture because that's, I, I do not believe that Catholicism sits on the sidelines in the end times. I think they're deeply involved yeah. in the end times. It's a, a an actual spiritual ramification that's happening to maybe your friend, your neighbor, your whatever it may be. But the truth is, is it keeps them at an arm's distance from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Joe mentioned, yes, without a doubt, I think Catholics are probably the easiest people to share the gospel with when you're on the streets, sharing, um, because if you share, they'll at least have some reverence towards the Word of God that we can uh, bring forth to them, but also uh, they have that Catholic guilt. And so when they're presented with the gospel, yeah. the gospel of liberty, that we, that we yeah. are get, that we actually have, not liberty free to sin however you want, but liberty to have freedom from sin and the power of sin, I, I think that ultimately that is why it's so easy. And and I say this, Joe, because I remember you did a message a number of years ago at a men's retreat, and you gave that message, and you had everyone, raise your hands if you're an ex-Mormon. You know, and we had a couple people raise their hand, I used to be a Mormon. Uh, raise your hand if you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness. We had a, one guy raise his hand, I'm ex-Jehovah's Witness. Raise your hand if you're an ex-Catholic. And it was most of the room, except for the younger people who had yeah. just had come to Christ because their parents were Catholic, came to know the one true God, and then guess what? Then their children follow the one true God. And so I saw that and said, wow, the mission field for this, Joe, is huge. And if you guys haven't, please check out our series, Catholicism Examine. Everything is going to be way deeper on that. This is more just simply, hey, I want to know, I got a Catholic neighbor, how do I share the gospel? And that's what we're going to get to, Joe. So I wanted to lay that out, one, to understand the problem, understand that it's growing, understand that you need to be ready for it, and also, Joe, to, to recognize this is a different gospel.
1: Absolutely, Chad. It's imperative that we deal with this. And, and, and it is heartbreaking when you see literally millions of people thinking that they're, they're right with God because they're doing penance and, and they're relying on the treasure of merit of good works from Mary and so, so called other saints that have built up good works for them so they can earn their salvation. And they, they trust that, man, I've, I hope I've done enough Hell Marys and, and that I can burn off the rest of my sins in purgatory. This is not the gospel, guys. This is a, a definitely a different gospel. And one of the ways when you're witnessing to Catholics is to establish the authority of scripture uh, because the Catholic church has been told basically to check their mind at the door, you know, that just believe whatever the Pope says, you know, you don't read about a Pope in the Bible. You don't read about a succession of Popes in the first couple centuries of church history. Uh, But Chad, it's imperative that people realize that the church of Rome, which is a false church, has basically usurped the authority from God's word. They basically, we look at the Bible, and we as Christians say it's infallible, it's, it's inerrant, it's the Word of God. Well, they've translated that inerrancy, that infallibility, to the, the Catholic priesthood and the Pope, as though they're infallible, and that the priest, uh, the Roman Pope, you know, speaks ex cathedra, and is, he's perfect, even though Popes have contradicted other Popes over and over again, even though Peter, who was not a Pope, by the way, uh, in, sec, in Galatians chapter 2, admits that he was wrong, right? Right. Uh, with leading people astray theologically by his example, and Paul, the apostle, had to correct him. And it was James in James cha- in Acts chapter 15, not Peter, who decided what the church was direction the church was going into. Peter gave his thoughts, but James says, "I have concluded." You know, the brother, of the Lord Jesus, half brother. Uh, so, Chad, uh, it's just interesting timing because I didn't know you were going to do with this. So, it's interesting when you look at First Timothy. I was just in First Timothy three. We're going through Timothy uh, verse by verse. And we spent a lot of time in verse 15 where Paul says, in case I'm delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is, now this is interesting, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. So Chad, it clearly says that the church is the support of the truth. Not that the church is the truth. It's interesting. There's a book that's written for Catholics by an apologist and it's, it's a kind of a play on the 95 Theses that Martin Luther, the great reformer, had tacked up on the Wittenberg door. But it's 95 proof texts that this guy writes about that you could use against non-Catholics, Protestants. And his, his number one case in point is this verse right here. And what I did, I said, hey, let's, because we're in this verse, we're going verse by verse. I go, let's see what this verse is saying and I point out, it says it's the support of the truth. As a church, we support the truth. Why do you think we have this ministry? We, we lift up the truth of Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. We lift up his word. Jesus says, thy word is truth. But guess what? I quote him, and I quote this apologist who uses this scripture and misuses it. And I tell the congregation in that study, I said, guys, I'm gonna quote him and let me know when he says something that's not biblical. And I quote him. He says, this verse teaches that the church is infallible. All of a sudden people are putting their head like, well, right there. They're like, yeah, I'm like, you guys got it, right? It doesn't say anything about the church being infallible here. The church supports the infallible word of God, you know? We're very fallible, that's why you have to test everything. That's why the Bible says, Chad, in, in chapter eight, verses 19 and 20 of Isaiah, if they do not speak according to the words because there's no light in them, and then he warns about those who talk to the dead, which is what Roman Catholics unfortunately do, praying to Mary and other uh, so-called dead saints. Uh, now, what's interesting is the Bible, Paul says in Corinthians chapter four, uh, do not go beyond what is written, you know? And he says, test everything in 1 Thessalonians 5, hold fast that which is good. And I love Acts 17, 11, where Paul said those in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they tested what Paul was saying. They searched the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true. We need to be good Bereans. Rome wants you to check your mind at the door and just believe whatever the, the, the so-called Pope says, which is Papa, which is like the ultimate father, it means father. No, we have one father, Jesus. Don't call religious people father. We call, we call our father in heaven father. So it's interesting, Chad. Uh, the main thing you want to establish with the uh, Catholic that you're talking to is the sufficiency of scripture. In Second Timothy chapter three, you can show it to him, verses 16 and 17, that all scripture is inspired by God. And it's the scripture that is profitable for doctrine and for sound living, that the man of God might be equipped for every good work. And it's it's more than sufficient. And you also want to establish the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, that he is sufficient, that you don't to have to go, uh, you know, the Roman Catholic Church. I, Tommy was saying right before the show, I loved it, Tommy goes, I love that saying that Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. He's right. Jesus saves us. We don't save ourselves. We don't, merit or earn our salvation. We're saved by grace through faith, the Bible says, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace you save through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We don't earn our salvation. And Tommy said, I love that. Jesus plus nothing, he said, equals salvation. He said, love that. And I go, that is awesome. He goes, this is good math. And he says, Jesus plus something equals nothing. And I love that. And I love that Tommy said that before the show. And, uh, but it's interesting, Chad, because you and I know very well that the Bible mentions which is really interesting. I think about this, Chad. I want you to answer this, respond to this, when we're talking about the parallels between what happened with the Old Testament and the Jews began adding all these different traditions to Scripture. Now you've got the Talmud, which is this, this huge monstrosity, right? And the Roman Catholic Church started doing the same. In Mark 7, Matthew 9, Jesus said of the religious leaders that day, they were teaching the doctors of men as though they were the commandments, commandments of, of God, man, yeah. and it was vain. So Jesus we need Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is sufficient for our salvation, yet you have this twisting of the Scripture, adding on works no, for salvation. I,
0: and I think you touched on a lot of topics that I, I think ultimately is what this always goes back to. And, and the sufficiency of Scripture, as you mentioned, is what we always go back to. So when you describe, as, as what you described, describing 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's because of the nature of the Word of God. It's because of Amen. what the Word of God is that it's theonustos, or God theonustos, breathed. that it's God-breathed, divinely inspired, as you might read. And it says that it's adequate to equip you for some good works. Not every
1: good work, yeah.
0: Every good work. It's used for the training in righteousness. Why? And by the way, just go back, just a couple verses, just go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is Paul writing his living eulogy to writing to, guess what, his disciple, right, his child in the faith, And then he talks about the sufficiency of the word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16, right after warning what? In 2 Timothy 3, of the perilous times that are going to come. That's right. So what is he going to do in these perilous times that are going to come? How is he going to figure this all out? How is he going to run his race with endurance? How is he going to do all these things and fight against this? by knowing that the Word of God Amen. is sufficient, that it's the very thing that was shared to him that brought about salvation, the Scriptures that were shared to him by his grandmother and by his mother and so forth. And so you see that. And I, and I was thinking about this, and I love it because you're going through First Timothy, and, and if you guys wanted to check out that entire series, I encourage you guys— You can go to Blessed Hope Chapel, our YouTube channel. We have every teaching he's done. Those are done on Wednesday nights. You can also join us live at that time at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. About 7.15, actually, I think is when the messages start. 7.15, there's a a nice, lively group of people that are all the way from Great Britain, people from Florida, everywhere. I mean, they're up late to watch the sermons. Ex-Muslims, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. So you guys can join us there. You can also join us on Sundays. As well, and Joe, you just went through all of the Book of Jude. You're going to be going through some other books as well, because we go through Scripture. Because I was thinking about this in light of what you said already. You said you were just going over that, and by the way, that was one of the first things I had heard from a Catholic. That look, we're the ones. We're the truth. That the it's the true Catholic Church. You've gone away from the mother. You need to come back to the mother, and all that nonsense. And then it's interesting because in First Timothy four, remember the the context. First Timothy four. The apostasy, starting in verse 4, about the Spirit expressly says, in latter times, men will fall away from the faith. They give them away to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of his hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience with a brand and iron. Men who forbid marriage—that's weird— men who who advocate abstaining from foods, which God has granted to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth— yeah, there's certain Fridays you're not allowed to eat certain meats. Yeah. Certain men aren't allowed to get married. That's really interesting. And then when you get to it, he says in verse 6, in pointing these things out to the brethren, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine That's right. which you have been following. And then he says in verse 11, prescribe and teach all these things. Teach from the Word of God. Know the Word of God because guess what? Those other vain teachings— Those other speculations that are brought up, you can bring them captive to the obedience of Christ. And what do you need it added to that which has been divinely inspired by God? What more do you need than God's word prescribed to us? And understanding that specifically is going, if you actually trust the word of God by its nature, by what it is, I think you're going to throw out the Catholic church very quickly. Absolutely. And it's
1: so funny, Chad, because I don't think you got to hear that message and
0: you used to always I did always not. Either, I teach the youth, yeah, the youth. Yeah, you know, Chad's,
1: right. Chad's <laughs> one of the most per- people I know the most. It's always being fellowship, being the word. I love it. But I was like, but Chad's been upstairs teaching the youth, which is so awesome. But it's so funny, bro, because when I went from that, I said, but they're not even not only are they not infallible, they're not even supporting the truth. And I said, the context, this verse, and I said, let's, and it's so funny because what you got into was some of the, and you didn't even hear my message. No, like, I didn't yet. That's a trip because <laughs> if you look at that verse where he talks about the church being a pillar in support of the truth, we uphold the truth. I go, Catholicism contradicts, they only support the truth in so many ways because go read right before this, read right after this. And right after this is just what Chad had mentioned where it warns about doctors of demons Uh, teaching to abstain from, you know, abstinence of marriage, you know. Paul said it's great if you have the gift of singleness, but he didn't teach to be a leader. You had to abstain from marriage and certain foods. And I got in and I go, Catholicism teaches both of those lies, you know. They they have taught it in different ways through the years, but to be a a spiritual leader, Pope, priest, bishop, whatever, cardinals, you got to be, you know, celibate, right? That's like, that so contradicts what Paul teaches just two, three verses later. And back up a few verses from this. You have chapter three, verse two. The qualification for a elder mm, slash yeah. bishop is that he's the husband of one wife. And he doesn't have to be married, it's but assumed, but he, yeah. he can't. It's assumed that he, yeah. a lot of times he will be. He can only have one wife. He can't have more than one wife. And well, that doesn't fit Catholicism. So it doesn't even support the truth. And you guys, this is what's crazy, and this is why it's so scary. And if you're Roman Catholic, we love you. Hear us out. Wonder what you want to know why through the ages, through the several centuries now. Hundreds of millions of people came out of Catholicism to the Jesus of the Bible and to the true gospel because they were being taught, as Catholics teach today, they still have a form of indulgences. You can still pray to get masses done to get your spring your loved ones for purgatory. Yeah, you can
0: follow uh, the Pope on Twitter. Yeah, you can also. follow him on
1: Twitter. That'll give you points to get people out of purgatory. That's works salvation because you're, they burn in purgatory, right? They're being purged of their sins because what Jesus did on the cross the telestite, it is finished. It really wasn't finished. In fact, the mass is a constant uh, sacrifice that uh, it continues to go on because guess what? Jesus really didn't finish his sacrifice. It's an ongoing thing. And that's what transubstantiation is about is that it's being turned into the suffering body of Christ and so forth. And they genuflect, they bow down because it's idolatry. They're bowing down before that wafer. That's why I'd watch my dad. He would bow down. He, I don't know if he knew what he was doing, but they're bowing down to the wafer. But that wafer, that 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 bread without leaven in it is a picture of what Jesus did. It doesn't save us. Jesus is the one who saves us. He's the sufficient one. But what's interesting, Chad, is so many Catholics through the years were taught that they did enough penance, you kept the seven, seven sacraments, you did the sacraments, you could earn your salvation. Uh, if you said enough Hail Marys, if you wore a brown scapular when you died and you were happen to be wearing it, you'd get out of purgatory uh, sooner uh, enough prayers to marry and on and on there are all these different things that were being taught in Rome and then they realized they started seeing scripture where it says we're not saved by works of righteousness that we have done but by his grace in Titus chapter 3 that it's by grace we're saved not through works as I mentioned earlier but through by grace through faith many many scriptures like that right uh, in Romans chapter 4 you know Abraham was justified by faith and it's not reckoned to us uh, by works but but by by grace through faith it says in Romans so it's really interesting it's a free gift guys. For God so loved the world, Jesus says, He gave, He gifted His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, not works hard enough, shall be, uh, shall have eternal life. So this is very important that you understand this, because Paul pronounces an eternal condemnation, anathema in the Greek, upon those who add to the plan of salvation, good works as a means to be right or justified uh, with God. And it's so important that you understand this when you're witnessing to Catholics. You simply share with them. We share this with Mormons as well and and other uh, cultic groups. The Galatians chapter one, verse six. Come on, you need to have this written in your heart. Paul says, I marvel that you're so quickly being removed from him who's called into the grace of Christ to another gospel. It's really not another. Then he says, if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, that which we preach to you, let him be anathematized. Let him be cursed. Now it's important. Because the Church of Galatia, now this, is, this blows me away. You can explain this to your own Catholic. I do this when I talk, witness Catholics. I go, look, the Church of Galatia had Judaizers come in, false teachers who claimed to follow Christ, but they said you also have to keep circumcision. Look, it's here in the Old Testament. You need to get part of your member chopped off so you can be right with God. And Paul said in chapter three, verse one, who has bewitched you, Galatia? Mm-hmm. You began in the spirit. Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And then he said in chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, I'm afraid of, for you uh, that I've run my race in vain because you're keeping days, because they're trying to keep the Old Testament calendar, be right with God now. And Paul says in chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, he says, stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. And don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And he warns them, if any of you are circumcised uh, to, to be right with God, you'll be cut off from the Christ. You'll be severed from Christ. You will, you'll fall from grace if you've actually done that, if you're actually being circumcised be right with God. Now, this is a crazy thing I tell Roman Catholics. I go, look, if they were trying to keep a couple Old Testament things or just one circumcision, it was enough to give them a false gospel? How about stuff that's not even the Old Testament, it's not even the Bible that you just add on? Like if you do enough penance, right? If you rely on the treasury of other people's good works, the treasure of merit, right? If you rely on wearing the brown scapular, if you rely on going to Twitter and, and following the Pope on Twitter, those things aren't even in the Old Testament, folks. And if you follow Old Testament laws, it means to be right with God. How much more condemning is it to do anything else besides you know, that's, they're both condemning. They're both a different gospel. So I share with them scriptures that clearly say we're saved by grace through faith. And I think that's important. And by the way, in case you think that this is just, we're, we're, we're making true strong of a statement here. Listen to what the Council of Trent declared during the time of the Reformation in, in the Counter-Reformation by Rome. Look what the Council of Trent states, and it's still in effect today. This is Trent, Session 6, Canon 9. It says, if anyone says that by faith alone, If anyone says that by faith alone, which all of us Christians say, that faith alone, the sinner is justified or made right with God. So as to mean that nothing else is required, you don't need to have to do anything else to actually be right with God, but trust him uh, to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, let him be anathema. And then I'll read one more, Chad. He says in session, same session in Trent 6, this is canon 11. He says, if anyone says that the guilt is remitted to every penitent sinner, every repentant sinner after the grace of justification has been received and that the debt of eternal punishment is so blotted out that there remains no debt or temporal punishment so as to be discharged either in this world or in the next in purgatory. There, before the entrance of the kingdom of heaven can be opened, let it be anathema. Now, so he's saying very clearly, if you teach that purgatory is false and you don't need to suffer in purgatory and we're saved by grace through faith alone, right? Right? that you teach the repentant, thats by grace alone, no purgatory, you're condemned. Isn't this interesting? Are you going to go with Rome, who says if you don't add on to the gospel, like they're doing, you're condemned, we're anathematized Or are you going to go with Paul, who says if you add on to the gospel, you're condemned, okay? I'm going to go with the Apostle Paul. I'm going to go with the Word of God. And this is important because Simon Stock, and I'm not going to go into the whole history here because we only got a few minutes left, and I want Chad to close this out. But it's really interesting. Simon Stock, a, a Carmelite monk, said many years ago in the 1300s that Mary had appeared to him and taught him that if you died wearing the brown scapular, Mary would rapture you out of purgatory, right? On the first Saturday, uh, the next Saturday after you died, so you'd be rescued from the flames of purgatory. A papal bull came out later on in the next century by a Roman Catholic pope who said Mary appeared to him, told him the same thing, that you'd be extricated from the fires of purgatory if you were wearing the brown scapular. If you're a Roman Catholic, man, you know this is ridiculous. You should know deep down. This is the stuff people are making up. Over a thousand years later, Mary just appears to this guy and then he appears to the she appears to the Pope. Satan comes to the angel of light, guys. This is not scriptural. If you love Jesus, if you love truth, if you love his words, you should, his word, you should recognize that this goes beyond scripture. First of all, we're not supposed to be talking to dead people. It's called necromancy. It's condemned in the Bible. And Satan comes to the angel of light. As Paul warned, if he brings another gospel to you, let him be a curse. So these people who are teaching that you can do these various things to achieve your salvation, it appeals to your pride because then you can think, man, I can do these things and God will accept me because I'm, I, I've, I've done it. Man, there's no pride in salvation, man. It's not by works that any of us would boast. It's all glory to God because Jesus did it all on the cross and praise God. He did do it. Okay. So turn to Jesus and trust in him alone for salvation. Have repent of faith where you look to him for salvation. Nowhere else.
0: Amen. And, you know, I think the biggest thing uh, when it comes to making those decisions and, and literally taking what the Bible says and saying, I just need a little bit more. I mean, honestly, When it comes to, whether it's your prayer life, when it comes to reading the scriptures, whatever it may be, if you think you need to go to something else other than God, if you think you need to go talk to Mary because sometimes, you know, I talk to the mom because sometimes it's hard to talk to dad or something, I'm sorry, you don't know Jesus. If you think you need another mediator... Between you and the Father, other than Jesus, you haven't come to meet the, the Jesus of the scripture. Hey Amen. Are you saying
1: that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but Him? No
0: one comes Jesus to the said. Father but through Him. And so I want to encourage you guys. And, Amen. and I think a, a salient point that Joe has made here, um, and something we talked about in our series, and I do encourage you guys, if you want a little more, in-depth look. And I want to also encourage, please memorize Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Amen. Memorize Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Memorize these certain key verses that are going to come up that you're going to need to have to discuss. Understand the context of James chapter 2 so you understand the difference between knowing that we are saved and knowing the fruit of that salvation so we have all those things. But I also want to encourage you guys to make sure that you do love them, you do share the truth, and you show them the true Jesus who is able to not only come into your life, completely transform you, make you born again, but also the fact that his his the blood of his the blood of Jesus covers all sin. Amen. The, First John one nine. Not 1-9. most sins,
1: so you need to burn some off in purgatory. If you confess our sins, he's faithful, just to to forgive us all sins and cleanse us from
0: all unrighteousness. unrighteousness Praise God
1: for Jesus, guys. He loves Amen. you.
0: Turn to Him. Put your trust in Him. And guys, uh, real real quick as we, as we end this, I don't end it on a weird note, but we do want to let you guys know we are doing a youth conference coming up. We'd love to have you guys there. It's our second annual Good Fight Ministry Youth Retreat. It's going to be up in the beautiful Tahoe, California, July 7th to the 20th. We'll put the information in the description here. You guys can check it out. God bless you guys.
1: You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.